Welcome to WMFA, a podcast about why and how we write. I'm Courtney Ballastier, and on this week's mini-sode, we're talking about what you need as a writer. A few weeks ago on the show, Casey Sepp and I talked about knowing what you need as a writer. We were talking about Casey, what she needed to write her book, Furious Hours, which tells the story of a true crime book that Harper Lee spent much of her career reporting but never wrote. But we were also talking about Harper Lee, about what she might have needed, about what she might not have known she needed, and about those needs, conscious or not, not being met. We writers spend a lot of time comparing notes on how we work, on our habits and preferences. It's much of what this show is about. What do you do? Maybe I should try that. Or, what do you do? I could never do it that way. Writers may be uniquely obsessed with their craft in this way. And while all these comparisons and check-ins are helpful, at least for me, I also found a different stranger assistance in talking to Casey about Harper Lee. We talk a lot about how writers make it work. It's also instructive, sometimes, to look at how they don't. I don't mean to criticize Harper Lee. It's just that there's something about her story that resonated so much that sent a cold recognition and dread through me. This is what can happen. Literature's most successful cautionary tale. I was not surprised, reading Furious Hours, to learn just how much work Harper Lee did for her dear friend Truman Capote to help in the creation of his masterpiece, In Cold Blood. Nor was I that surprised that she couldn't give the same help to herself. That's what I mean about cold recognition. I love collaborating, I really do, for its sense of community and energy and excitement. But I've also often wondered, when I jump from one collaboration to another, whether I also love them in part because it's so easy for me to legitimize other people's work, but so difficult for me to legitimize my own. In a way, it's a clever solution. The brains work around for creating under self-duress. But it is, ultimately, tragic to not be able to stand up straight alone, in your art. In Harper Lee, I saw those lesser tendencies play out over the course of a life, coming, eventually, to a paralyzed stop. The recently departed icon Toni Morrison told this to the Paris Review in 1993 about what a writer needs. I tell my students one of the most important things they need to know is when they are at their best, creatively. They need to ask themselves, what does the ideal room look like? Is there music? Is there silence? Is there chaos outside, or is there serenity outside? What do I need in order to release my imagination? These sound like small questions, but they are large, and the largest one embedded in these questions for me is, but how do you know what you need? Harper Lee wrote one of the most famous novels of all time without understanding what she needed to keep writing. I guess what I'm asking is, how do you know yourself? I've been thinking about this Toni Morrison passage a lot, Of course, as with so much in life, we learn what we need as writers in many ways, most of them circuitous. By going without it and yearning for it. By going without it and not even noticing until, like a bolt of lightning, we're made to notice. By getting something that's close to what we need, but not quite, and feeling this irritation. By getting what we need and having the presence of mind to say yes. One place I struggle with this concept is accepting that there are many different needs and that your needs will be individual things that you discover with a feeling, an intuition, a centeredness. 
To acknowledge needs, creative or otherwise, and then move and work to meet them is really quite a profound act of being alive. Yet the question of needs has always made me shrink. Traditionally, my inclination, in large and small scenarios and for large and small reasons, has been to need as little as possible, especially from other people. This is something I've been working hard to change, but it's deeply ingrained and difficult. Here's how my thinking has gone. A need is something required for basic survival. Water is a need. Food is a need. Air is a need. Shelter is a need. Everything else is a want, and wants are optional. Also, don't be selfish. Don't be greedy. Ideally, want only what can be acquired with few consequences for anyone else. So to declare a need for myself in the way that Toni Morrison describes, to say that my writing has its own versions of water and food and air and shelter and that these needs might look, to the naked, untrained eye, frivolous, is an almost defiant assertion of selfhood. Maybe that's what I really mean when I say that I don't know what I need, that I don't know how to claim it. I wonder if Harper Lee didn't know how to claim it either. How to claim that most fundamental need, the need to write at all. How to claim herself. Maybe that's the need that comes before all the rest, the one we all share. It would help explain, perhaps, why we're constantly reveling in the minute details of other writers' lives and routines, their number two pencils and private rituals. To look at the ones who have done it, and the ones who have not. And to try also to see ourselves. The WMFA logo was created by Unsold Studio, and our theme music is Jazz Dancer by Double Winter. Find them at doublewinter.bandcamp.com. WMFA is made in Pittsburgh by Courtney Ballastier, LLC. All rights reserved.